Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinbart. I'm lead advisor and senior analyst with Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is again, and I'm really looking forward to that episode, is Alexey Balaganski. He's a lead analyst for Kupinger Coal in the area of cybersecurity. Hi, Alexey. Hello, Matthias. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you. And um, as I mentioned, I'm really looking forward to this today's topic. We are, you've just recently published a new research document, a leadership compass, comparing different vendors in a specific market segment. And this is the reason why we want to talk about that overall market segment and why it's actually required. Why we, do we have it? We want to talk about container security. Why do we want to, contain, uh, to secure containers? And what are containers? Yeah, that's actually uh, uh, the most important question, I guess. Why are containers suddenly so important? I mean, uh, if you go back 10, 15 years, containers were basically just uh, an, uh, another form of uh, virtualization, uh, a handy tool for developers, basically to uh, be able to run their apps uh, in different environments without uh, worrying about misconfigurations or different uh, network settings, for example, stuff like that. Basically, containers gave us, finally gave us that uh, long-term promise, which started probably way back with Java, is that you run your app once and then run it, you write your app once and then run it everywhere without modifications. But yes, uh, if you are old enough to remember Java, that was uh, its original promise, which failed miserably. But then suddenly uh, the alternative came with the containers. And now, for whatever reason, containers are just everywhere. Of course, people are talking about cloud-native apps and microservices, which are usually powered by containers. But the same containers can be run anywhere. I have some containers running on my computer at this very moment. I have containers running on a Raspberry Pi uh, in my home development environment. And again, this is the same container image, which I can upload to a public cloud, and it will work fine, so almost fine, without any modifications. And this is why uh, containers were so eagerly embraced by developers and, of course, DevOps uh, teams around the world because they are so easy to manage, they're so easy to automate the whole lifecycle. You basically just need to run a script to create a new container image, which contains everything necessary to run your app, push it through your CI/CD pipeline, upload it to your cloud environment, just run it, and then basically ensure that it runs stable and uh, fast enough and scale it up when necessary. So containers are almost perfect for running modern apps. And this is why everywhere. Right. And when we say when we talk about containers and securing containers, what is included in this securing? You've, you've mentioned we, you, you fire them up with just a script and then you deploy them wherever you want to have them. Um, where does Where does security come into play here? Well, that's exactly, uh, again, the same uh, old problem we had with other breakthrough technologies, like, for example, RESTful APIs, that security doesn't actually come anywhere because nobody uh, started the quote-unquote container revolution with security in mind. They were only thinking about convenience and scalability and clouds and all the other fancy stuff. Unfortunately, understanding that containers have to be secured came somewhat later, and uh, somewhat later still came the realization that the traditional security tools like firewalls and IDS or whatever, antiviruses, don't work with containers very well. First of all, because containers are ephemeral. 
uh, as opposed to like virtual machines, for example, containers can pop up, run for a few seconds, and then just disappear because they're no longer needed. Or you might uh, suddenly spawn a hundred copies of the same container image. And then you have suddenly to somehow bring all those hundreds, thousands of new containers into your management and security console, for example. So unfortunately, traditional security tools do not work well with containers because they lack awareness of all those issues. Another thing to consider that, as I mentioned, the whole container lifecycle is usually uh, at least partially automated because uh, it always involves several disconnected teams. You have developers who create the app, you have some DevOps or infrastructure people who actually set up the environment, and then there is somewhere in between who actually has to build the image, push it into some storage or registry, and then spawn it later for the runtime and stuff like that. These are all different teams, different uh, teams using different tools, and the only integration bus between them, if you will, is this whole continuous integration CI-CD pipeline, which again isn't actually, which was never designed with security in mind. So we end up with this whole idea that containers have a very long and complicated life cycle with different stages and phases, uh, which are taken care of by different people. And somehow you have to include security at every stage and then make the, all those tools work together. So container security is complicated. It's much more complicated than many people think. And this is exactly the focus of our leadership compass. Right, so this, the, the security process starts with keeping track of which containers are where at which point in time, and then maybe monitoring what, what are key capabilities when it comes to, to looking at container security? What, what were the, the aspects that you looked at when looking at the actual products that are provided for maintaining container security? Well, when we are talking about containers, we're usually talking about container orchestration platforms. The most famous one being Kubernetes, for example. But of course, every cloud service provider had their own platform, and there are famous uh, cloud-neutral uh, solutions, like, for example, OpenShift from Red Hat. Uh, those are platforms, and those are really complicated solutions. They have multiple layers, which go all the way down to the bare metal hardware, and then uh, networking layer, uh, some supporting services, databases, uh, and other types of infrastructure, the actual uh, orchestration capabilities themselves, which take care of uh, moving your new container to a certain host, for example, make sure that it's actually running. And if it's not running anymore, then kind of killing it and spawning it somewhere else, all those resource management Uh, and monitoring and analytics uh, and access management. This is all built into the orchestration platform too. And then, of course, you have to secure the actual container images themselves because what if someone makes a, a piece of malware into your container image? How do you deal with that? And then, of course, you have to uh, somehow monitor the consistency and uh, security of your container registry. That's the place where you keep all those container images before they're even spawned. And then, of course, you have to have the overall visibility and uh, unified uh, reporting and compliance and everything else you typically expect from a, any kind of security solution. So again, there are so many different components uh, in an ideal container security solution that I would say not very many security vendors actually offer 
the complete package. Some companies actually focus on specific areas and they do it exceptionally well, while the others uh, try to kind of be the jack of all trades and do that reasonably well. And it's up to the end users to decide which approach they like better. And again, this is exactly what we cover in the leadership compass. Right. So this, as you described it, and as you said already, this is really a complex, a complicated matter. Um, but this is only looking at containers. Um, how does this integrate with overall cybersecurity infrastructures? Um, do these um, solutions that you looked at, uh, do, do they have that in mind, that they need to integrate as well into an overall cybersecurity architecture? Well, I, I see there is uh, actually more than one approach to this. Some companies will just say, okay, we have this uh, decades-long uh, battle-tested uh, whatever security vulnerability uh, management solution, but we have adapted it for containers by adding this and these features, and it just kind of runs exactly the same as you would do with your uh, physical servers or virtual machines or anything else. This is like the quote-unquote old-school, again, kind of battle-tested, verified approach. Kind of boring, I would say. Uh, the other end of the spectrum uh, are the companies which basically sell you the quote-unquote cloud-native application security solutions. They would, uh, again, uh, use this uh, cloud workload label. They say, okay, containers uh, you would normally run in the cloud. What else can you run in the cloud? Serverless Lambda functions, for example, or just, uh, again, old-school virtual machines. So we will give you a solution which actually covers all those uh, workload types with a uh, unified analytics. Again, uh, this is something which many customers might prefer, but I would argue it's uh, a fairly artificial limitation because the whole idea of containers is that you can run them anywhere, not just in a cloud. And most certainly you would want to run them in multiple clouds or even in a hybrid deployment. And when you are thinking about hybrid, you actually have to stop thinking uh, in terms of cloud native and start again kind of connecting all the other existing types of infrastructure, network monitoring, API security, data protection. Ideally, all your cybersecurity uh, tools have to work together in a kind of a cybersecurity fabric, if you will. Again, a term which we talk a lot about in other podcasts and our materials. Yeah, but the idea that you cannot just buy container security as a standalone isolated tool in a vacuum. It will never work. Absolutely. And um, we cannot go into much technical detail. This just would um, yeah, would go beyond the scope of this 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 uh, and the length of this ep these episodes that we do. Well, did you identify specific highlights when you did this research for the first time? Uh, what did you look at? What what strike what struck you? What was interesting to see in this market? Well, first of all, as I mentioned, uh, our approach is to try and cover at least the key features from all of those uh, individual phases of the container lifecycle. So we were looking for solutions which have at least eight primary capabilities, which start with container image security and container registry security, of course, to go up one layer of the actual orchestration platform security, the runtime monitoring, internet management, the audit and compliance, and so on. Basically, uh, we were looking at solutions which can do everything to at least uh, a certain extent of ability. And uh, in total, we have covered uh, 20 vendors, I believe, 
to almost 20. And I have to confess, I was able to predict the top three uh, eventual leaders in advance because that wasn't very difficult. And I could reveal that our top overall leaders uh, in container security were Red Hat, Palo Alto Networks, and Aqua Security. All three, of course, well-known and very well-established and large companies known for their security solutions. However, the rest I found pretty interesting because there are some much smaller and younger startups which are delivering really innovative things in this area with some machine learning-based security analytics, uh, with combining uh, developer-oriented observability with security telemetry and so on. So basically, uh, you should not just focus on those three top leaders if you're looking for the solution which is best for you. You have to actually consider all the others as well. Absolutely. I think that that actually is the role of the leadership compass. It is, it is not looking at the right upper corner, which is the, the product to, to, to subscribe to or to license, but it's really mapping your requirements towards your criteria that you applied and to identify what is required for the individual end user organization or developer organization um, to, to find the right solution for them. It's not our analyst's opinion, this is the best one. Um, it's really helping users to find the right solution. Absolutely. This, is, this has always been our goal. Our messaging is always the same. Stop looking at labels. Start looking for specific capabilities that address your most burning risks and your most important problems. And if you are unsure what uh, solutions actually can cover your risk or what questions you should be asking your vendor, well, talk to us. This is exactly what we do. To provide guidance and support uh, in those decisions. So again, I would only recommend uh, looking at our leadership compass. It should be already available on our website, couplingacall.com. Uh, and again, if you have any open questions, don't hesitate to talk to me or to any of our colleagues. Yeah, that really sums it up very nicely. So this is really an interesting document, a new market segment that we cover here. Leadership Compass is out, so just head over to kupingacoal.com, as Alexei said. Um, use the search window and type in container security, and there you are. Um, and in case you have any questions, just reach out to us or leave a comment below that video or just get in touch with us at any time that you want. Thank you, Alexei, for your time and for doing that interesting research. I will check it out absolutely because I'm interested in, in how that works um, for this overall container infrastructure. Um, looking forward to, um, yeah, to seeing you in Berlin uh, at our EIC and looking forward to having you at uh, a future episode very soon. Thanks, Alexei. Thank you, Matthias, and goodbye. Bye-bye.